Hello and welcome to Flamenco Attitude. This is the weekly podcast that brings you all things flamenco. And so far we have covered so many topics. We've covered flamenco fashion. We've covered flamenco kitchen, flamenco cinema, flamenco adventures, even some of the great places that you can visit connected to flamenco culture all over Andalusia, such as Jaén, Córdoba. We talked about Almeria as well. If you look at our previous episodes, you're going to get the actual full list. And you can also explore the rest of the topics we've done. We've covered, for example, the great artists of the genre, like Paco de Lucia. We, just recently, we talked about the Gypsy Kings, which was a very exciting episode with a personal story from Marcos. And today we're going to cover uh, something very, very interesting and specific as well. But before we jump into all that, I would like to say, as always, hello, thank you and welcome to our audience in South Africa. And also, I recently noticed that we're building up an audience in Uruguay. So thank you very, very much for um, your attention to the podcast. I hope you like the topics. Uh, if you ever want to get in touch, please tweet us at FlamencoPod on Twitter. And you can also write us emails, culturepodcasts at gmail.com. Everything will be linked in our description box. So you won't miss it if you if you want to talk to us. How many times we have talked about the incredible instrument that is the flamenco guitar. We've answered some of your questions on our Q&A session about the difference between the sonanta, which is the flamenco guitar, and the regular classic guitar. Uh, We have talked about incredible guitarists as well. One of them, as I already mentioned, Paco de Lucia, uh, Tomatito as well. Let's not uh, give him a miss. And we have looked at a lot of images that feature artists with their guitars. But how come we have never actually shed the spotlight and given a proper explanation uh, on how the guitar is such such an instrumental part of the genre? Well, today we're going to dedicate actually a whole episode on guitars and the guitar masters without a okay marcus and some tales of when i've how i've purchased some and the crazy things that happened to you of course crazy guitar tales also (laughs) coming up in our episode of guitars y guitareros yeah and And the guitar makers because sometimes people make the mistake of using we'll, we'll do it ourselves of saying luthier yeah where in fact that means somebody that obviously makes lutes as well as bandoria and all the rest. That's of that. a completely different yeah, thing. Yeah. A man who just makes guitars is, is a guitarero. Let's start then with uh, Marcos. What defined? Um, how did the guitar define the genre, and how did the guitar became a key? Yeah, well, there's lots of theories about this yeah. because one of the key things about the flamenco guitar is it's made its back and sides are made of cypress, cypress yeah. wood. And lots of the theories about this is that not that it's such a wonderful percussive wood for, for sound, that it was the cheapest wood around mm. at the time, you know, through the 17th century and in the 18th century. I imagine century. it's different these days. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, one of my guitars, I can give you a little secret, uh, was made from a, a tree that had to be taken down in a convent. And that was a very, very expensive a piece of wood to, to make that guitar. So we can say that the back and sides are cypress. We know that always, yeah? There's going to be a complication when we come on to the guitar of Paco de Lucia, when we're mm, talking about yeah. rosewood. So you're getting a thing where it's semi-classical. But um, We're talking about the classical. Yeah, yeah I mean, what, what would do the, the original flamenco guitar? And, you know, so the top 
is made of what we call in, in English spruce or pine you know it's for, and it's usually from it used to be from eastern Germany from Germany yeah. and this is the best wood this is the part of the guitar that produces the quality of the sound so you've got this cypress back and sides and then you've got this uh, top which is German spruce now that's that makes it quite interesting but the key thing to it Gallia is its weight it's usually extremely light. Extremely light. So it's a lot lighter than a classical guitar. Do you know, sometimes it impresses me when I watch videos online of guitarists that they actually hunch back over it. So that's not due to weight, is it? No, but often, remember, we often play them not like that. We actually balance it just on yeah. one leg and we have, have yeah. the guitar. Yeah. That's why. What, you know, Otherwise, the, the completely light up. instrument. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be very difficult to do that with a classical guitar because of its weight. What else defines it? Well, and of course, I've got to say that I do have guitars where the, the top could be something different, a cedar or even made of maple. Maple was used in, you know, so there are other woods, but essentially we're looking at cypress wood and a pine top, light and very thin bouts. Now, by that, I mean the width of the guitar. Mm -hmm. So as it, as it develops, it's not as, as wide as the classical guitar it's much thinner yeah. which makes it lighter and of course what you're fascinated by because you can see one behind you is that we don't tend to go in for what are known as machine heads in other words mechanical yeah. winders we have pegs uh, called clavija which are just like on a violin <laughs> and the great thing about this is they're extremely difficult to use if you're not used to it yeah. So if you give it give it to a novice and the guitar's out of tune, they'll try and tune it. And you know what will happen? The peg will just fly off peg and the will string just... will just fly. Well, we're going to talk about an even more complicated addition, uh, which is the Sihir, a little bit later on. But I wanted to ask about the pegs. Uh, do they have to be purchased separately? No, but what I can tell you about yeah. them, they do come with the guitar. Uh, if you're going to... Originally, it was cheaper. They were used because it was cheaper than having machines. Mm. But nowadays, if you want a top quality flamenco guitar with pegs, that is going to cost you more. An arm and leg it's in a peg. A, yeah, and it's very sought after. <laughs> yeah. You know, if you watch the flamenco programs, uh, a lot of a lot of the guitars, even Buckle, uh, okay, he always used machine heads for his concerts and things, but he loved playing on a peg head guitar because yeah. it's seen as a symbol of flamenco. And the interesting thing about it is, you might think that all the all the strings you'd go clockwise, clockwise, yeah. but it's all different. They go clockwise, anti-clockwise, clockwise. So it, and are are they more or less to? Uh, tighten or to let the strings more loose no to, to tighten them up yeah that they all go in different directions yeah. which makes it even more so i have a lot of fun with people that play the guitar and you give them one of these and they try to tune it yeah and it's a disaster how do you okay then how do you tune a flamenco guitar well, well you've got to really have control of the peg so you it really it's no use just using your left hand to turn the peg because it'll fly off so you have to be putting some pressure from the from your right hand on the body of the guitar and then you push it in and of course uh, you know if you get hot weather or you're under lights doing a concert these pegs can stick 
Yeah. Uh, uh, so they are, you know, a lot of people find them very worrying to use because because you can get into difficulty. You could have a string that's too low, so your guitar is out of tune, but then you can't move the peg because it's got stuck. Yeah. So you have to use French chalk occasionally to just get them to smooth them up, but you don't want them too smooth because then it can unravel when you're you're doing yeah. a concert. And you have to work with all of the all six. Yeah. Is it six? Yeah. You have to work with all six. Yeah. Now I love them, but there are people that are quite frightened mm. of the peg head guitar. Well, I'm frightened of you at the best of times. But anyway, you're going to take me through some of the history of making of uh, yeah. the flamenco guitar. Yeah. So you I mean, have some stories. What we know is, I mean, you know, the guitar as we know it today emerged more in the late 19th century, the 1880s. And it's in one of the great cities of Andalusia. Sevilla, that you get this man, uh, Antonio de Torre Jurado, who starts to create a guitar that we would recognize today. A nice, thin-bodied thing with the, the cypress and, and the pine top. And he then gives way to the great, one of the most famous names in, in, in the world of guitar building, in flamenco guitar, Ramirez from Madrid. Mm. So the, the, this, the kind of knowledge of how to build a guitar to build it. moves to the then emerging capital of Spain. What sort of craft is the guitar making? Is it regarded highly? Because very. every profession, I suppose, is regarded it's, it's differently. Very, very, but you've got to realise that, as, as we'll learn, that I'm going to tell you about my own teacher who yeah. helped a great person become a maker. Many of these great makers started as cabinet makers. They didn't actually uh, build guitars to start with. They built cabinets and then they were got into that. Uh, it was a great, great thing. And so we get, as time goes on, um, we get like the Hermanos Conde we're going to talk about, which comes from their uncle, Domingo Esteso. This is the guitar that Paco uses and everybody wants one of those. Then we can look at the, well, back to the 40s, Santos Hernandez. Who died in 1942? If you got one of those, you'll you'll be a multi-millionaire. Would I? <laughs> I have a question that I, I'm going to keep towards the end of the conversation because I really would like to know the answer of this. Um, I, and that's a question that would apply to, I suppose, any musician, any genre, any instrument. But I'm going to keep it till the end because I want to see how the conversation unravels. But uh, you say that you can you know, be a multimillionaire if you get hold of a certain type of guitar. Now, did Paco de Lucia, for example, or you can give me an example with Tomatito or any other great of the genre, they didn't start out with the best of the best of guitars, did they? Well, no, I mean, Paco came from a, a very poor family. Th that's what I mean, so... Yeah, and the interesting thing about Paco is, with his, his Conde Hermanos, which has become the one that every young boy wants to have, he tended to only use this one guitar, this particular guitar with the rosewood back and size, and he used that for all his concerts. He wouldn't touch another one? No. And I mean, we can bring forward a story we were going to tell a bit later on, that he, he ended up in, in, in Holland and one of the machine heads was broken and everything, and this, this uh, we'll call him a luthier in, in, in Holland, was absolutely amazed because the man with the beard walked in called Paco de Lucia and he said can you help me because in and he 
fixed this guitar for Buckle. So Buckle was very attached to this particular guitar. Now you were talking about Tomatito. I'm just giving examples. Well, Tomatito, you see, he relates to the guitar that I use, which is the, the, the Reyes, Mamu Reyes. And we both got very similar guitars, the same rosette, that's the decorative pattern around the, around the sound hole. My maestro, Pepe Martini, he helped the Reyes get into the business because he introduced him as a cabinet maker to one of the great makers of guitars, Barbero, and got him to show him how to make guitars. And so we're now moving the, 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 the compass from Madrid to another key area of guitar making in flamenco, Cordoba. So in the Plaza del Potro, this is road is where Reyes set up and his guitars now are one of the most sought after that you can get. That you can get, yeah. Tell and me you're not having mine. I'm not trying to, honestly. <laughs> I, think that, I think my time has passed for learning the guitar. I guess it's a difficult instrument to master, but uh, talk to me about uh, Maestro Pepe Martinez then and his stories. Well, I mean, you know, Pepe taught me for many years, but he, he was involved with all the great makers, Arcangel Fernandez, uh, he knew Barbero. Um, he was very particular about what guitar he played. Yeah. Uh, always a Reyes, which is interesting because when we look at the, the, the players that we have today at the top, Vicente Amigo, what does he use? Reyes. Mm. Tomatito, Reyes. They, they go for them. Whereas the younger ones, like Diego de Moral and these one people, they go for the Estesso, the Condiamanos, which is a wonderful instrument, but it's a very, very hard instrument to play. You need the technique of Paco de Lucia to, to, to play one of those well. Yeah. And they're, they're wonderful. They're in this orange colour. Stain. Stain. That's something we should have said is, you know, that... No, the, but we the, talked about the, the, the stain. We talked about the saffron. We yeah. talked about the saffron, yeah. I think, when we discussed kitchen. Yeah. I believe so. Yeah, so, so you can use saffron not only just for doing your rice, but for colouring your guitar. <laughs> you only use it for a guitar. And you put it in the French polish, mm. which is a difficult Very technique good. to do. Well, if we, uh, if we could choose a nice guitar solo or just a... Uh, uh, an, an instrumental what would we hear I think we'd have to go for Paco let's hear him at his best on, on his Conde playing Almoraima let's talk about this very interesting I would call it addition to the guitar the Sonanta the Sihia yeah. uh, I have to be perfectly honest in the early days when I was getting familiar with flamenco I wasn't seeing the point of the Sihia but you will correct me massively on it well you've got to realize that this this here is evolved because um, you have to get to the pitch of the singer that you're playing for now, there are ways that you could do it without. So it's like a capo, it's a thing that Yeah, takes what is a sihir? Explain it, to it's us. A, it's, it's a capo, so what you're doing is you're putting it on a particular fret to raise the, raise the pitch to whatever. So a lot of singers, they'll say, uh, I'm going to do this tangos, put it on number three. So you're taking it up to the third fret and you're going to play all the chords up there. Some singers want it on number seven. So you then, you're right at the top of the neck you've got very little room to move to play but that's the pitch they want to sing at now of course there are ways of doing this without the sahir but it's much easier with and there are people that don't like using the traditional flamenco sahir now you can see a picture over there 
Um, you know, you've got a wonderful picture of so a, many sahirs. Yeah, I mean, I've got a massive collection. I, yeah. I'm I'm mad on them. Yeah, and I think they're very symbolic of flamenco. Uh, yeah, so I can tell you, you know, that when I was first getting into flamenco, uh, my teacher, my very first teacher, Tony Clinton, I was so excited. He gave me one, and I was, I thought, oh, this is brilliant. And then when I went to study in Andalusia, uh, my teacher told me, Pepe said to me, well you know, why don't you uh, go over the Guadalquivir, you know, the big river through, I can tell you an address to go to, and you can go and find, uh, they're expecting you, they have a beautiful sahia waiting for you, Aww. right, yeah? And um, in fact, I mean, I can show you, they, I might, they, they, I might come, be able to show you. They come in different colours, just, that's incredible. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you which one it is, if we can see it. Uh, is it there? Yes. Look at that, and you can see the work. I could, I could, I could almost tell that it's yeah, yeah. yeah. Very and so deep, it's yeah. white. It, it's made out of bone, and can you see all the inlay into it? All the inlay. And you know, I've got no idea, Gally, how much uh, I paid for that, but it certainly wouldn't be cheap, would it? Do guitar makers make CDs? Yes, yes, they do. And if you think about it, for the work that goes into them, they probably don't get much back for it, you know. So they just like Paco Lucia, you see him with them in the old pictures, some of the most amazing sakias, and I presume they were presents to him, and they've got you inlay think? of little jewels and things like that in the peg. So they are hard to get. Many of the of the more contemporary players tend to not use them. They use standard couples that you would get in rock music and things like that. But I've seen a lot of young people. Uh, the really young people and the young guitarists, the very young ones, 16, 17, they will only want to play with a peghead guitar and a proper yes, sahir. Yeah. I guess it makes a big difference. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like you're, it's, you're sort of the semiotics of it. You're saying, you know, I'm not an acoustic guitar player. I'm yeah. not a folk player. I'm not a rock player. I am flamenco. A flamenco player, <laughs> of course. And... Um, yeah, you, you, you told me that obviously you started out quite young as a little boy and you, yeah. you had your first Sahir then. Uh, but you also have a, a catalogue <laughs> of different guitars, don't you? Well, Not only of Sahirs. What you're talking about is when, when I was about 12 or 13 at school, Yeah, I, I, I used to go to different shops and they would have a, a catalogues of all the flamenco guitars that were available. Obviously well beyond my price range but yeah, yeah. you could get a book free and read about it so when I was in school and they were teaching geography and history and everything I wasn't listening at all to the teacher underneath my desk I was just looking at ah Ramirez yes it's possible with rosewood and the dimensions of yeah, yeah, and yeah. I was learning all the because of course the the different guitars have different lengths of of, of the the neck you know and everything like that I was thinking wow you know and then reading the prices and thinking I'll never be able to have to one of these but it doesn't matter and you just turn the pages over and over and they'd have lovely pictures of the guitars yeah, and, yeah and you just dream I would go into a dream and like, what was your first one then well my first guitar uh I just started on a very cheap guitar from Russia and then I got a, a, a more expensive guitar from Valencia which I bought in, in Tottenham Court Road but then my first proper guitar was a Ramirez guitar yeah. from Madrid, second hand obviously, uh, with the pegs and uh, I did used to struggle a bit in, in those days when I did concerts uh, under lights you know but I was very proud. Of course. But, uh, do, do you think it's it's in a way 
easier to play with a proper guitar than with a not so professional. Well, oh, yeah, because it's it's not got the the weight. You know, when you try and play on another guitar, it's too heavy. You know, whereas these things are, are so light. You know, um, sad, sadly, I don't know where that Ramirez is now. Oh, uh, no. because uh, as in life galley you have to uh, to get others you have to sell what you have yeah and as you're going to discuss discovering our stories um i do have quite a large collection of guitars both here and across all the and countries across in Spain. the world um maybe we can do a, a little break here and um, for whoever is listening on spotify you can kind of tell us the first thing that you learned on the guitar and we can play kind of a variation if I can find of that song. Or just tell us the style. Yeah, yeah. And we'll play, we'll reflect on one of the best examples yeah. of, of so that. So what, what of do that. you think? We call them the tokis, the yeah. Yeah, yeah. So what would the style be? Well, for me, oh, uh, I think my first style was Soliat. Soliat. Yeah, they yeah. always say that's the mother of flamenco. The mother so, of flamenco. So, you know, whereas of you get people say, oh, I want to learn buleria. No, 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 no. You don't start with that. You, you That is for you in a few years' time. Yeah. yeah. So what Soliat could we hear if we can? Well, I think one of my favourites is uh, Soliat por medio by Tomatito. La, um, I think uh, Andonda. Andonda. You're going to talk to me about uh, a guitar, uh, a very interesting story, about a guitar owned by an elderly couple in Benadolid. Yeah. I, I I'm go, curious yeah. to hear about that. Yeah, well, I go to this village uh, every year. There's only about 100 people, probably not even that, that live there, maybe 80 people. But um, I go there and uh, I enjoy resting there and learning new pieces and composing and whatever. And the first time I went there, a man saw, I was playing in the square and this uh, elderly man, retired man came over and he just presented me with a glass, a very large glass of cognac. And I said, oh, that's very kind of you. He said, no, no, it's for, for your art. You know? oh, like, yeah? yeah. Anyway, the next day I was passing his house and he said, you've got to come and see this guitar that I bought for my wife 50 years ago when we were married, you know? And we would be grateful if you could check it and put it back in good tuning and everything, you know? And so he brought out this incredible example of the Ramirez guitars. Now he was an engineer. I think he was in the Navy and all of that kind of stuff. And he went to the street Geronimo, uh, where, where the Madrid guitars were made, you know, traditionally, and because his, his wife plays very nice guitar, yeah, and he thought, What's the best wedding present I can get her? I know a Ramirez guitar, she'll love it. And to this day, they look after this guitar that you tuned back in, yeah, it's their baby, it means so. And um, you see them, yeah. I see them every year, and I see the guitar, and then they occasionally let me borrow it for a few hours to just take it out for some air and, and, yeah. and play it, yeah. That's interesting because from what you've told me, nobody ever lends out their precious guitars. But funnily enough, you have you were loaned a guitar once ah now you're talking about a real precious one here yeah yeah, yeah. now we've talked about the, the greats the greatest guitarists like Paco de Lucia and of course he worshipped the greatest Diego del Castor yeah who lived in Morong and 
he's seen as a, a father of, of much of the Sabikas. Yes, yeah, Sabikas came all the way from the United States to to give him some guitars. He wanted because yeah. he, he thought it was so good. So I I found myself I've got all these guitars. So I have a guitar in Morong, but my keeper, let's put it that way, had forgotten that I was coming and closed up. So I couldn't get my guitar. So very nicely, a great guitarist of, of, of Morong, Ignacio de Amparo, related to Diego del Gastor, said, don't you worry, I'm going to loan you this one. So I said, I can't take that. Now, you, can you imagine, this was a guitar not only owned by Diego, it's got his signature right across the front of it. So I was terrified. Of course, yeah. Because I, I said, well, I'm not sure. I'm very worried about this. So, of course, everywhere I went, I had to be, you know, and, and I was, all I was thinking about was in two weeks' time coming back and returning it in the centre of Seville back to its owner. Like, yeah, I was, I mean, you, you know, it's such a precious thing. And there you are, you know, you're travelling on coaches and, and trains and it's a bit nerve-wracking. I would say so. But, um uh, something that just literally crossed my mind because you were talking about this uh, elderly couple um, and their guitar, uh, how it came about. Are there any notable female guitarists? There are. Um, previously, there weren't many at all. Um, it's um, it's far more common now. Um, yeah. Manolo San, uh, San Luca has brought on many. He's had lots of female guitarists uh, playing with him. Um <clears throat> It's not that common, but it's becoming more popular with women. It's yeah. always been a male preserve, whereas the singing and the dancing is equal. You know, there's mm. you, people, there's female singers, male singers, female dancers, male dancers. The guitar has been dominated as a male thing. But things are changing. Things are changing, yeah. Yeah, do you know anyone? I couldn't can... name anybody. You've put yeah. me on the spot. Well, do you know I what? should do. I do know them, but I can't think of their names. Do you here. know what? I will try to find some a good example on Spotify yeah. because I think it's important to find the lady guitarist. Yeah, yeah. So if you are on Spotify, this is my best attempt and here it is. But I think what we you're going to ask me about more of my traveling guitars. Yeah. Now, what do you think happened when I went to Malaga? Listen, I'm scared to ask what happens with you and guitars because I know that you don't travel light and you insist on carrying all your essential guitars with you. So, yeah, you tell. Well, I went to Malaga. I, I mean, it was very naughty of me. I, I deliberately went down a road with my wife where I knew there is a guitar shop. You oh, just, look. Oh, no. <laughs> you planned this. Yeah. <laughs> And I walked in and I said to the man, right, I'm looking for a very cheap uh, flamenco guitar. Well, traveling, well, hang you know? on a minute, how, how come you were looking for a cheap guitar? Well, because when you're traveling round, you don't want to be using yeah. very you just, you know. And so he brought out one, which was like about 50 euro. And I said, no, no, no. Not that not cheap. That cheap. <laughs> <laughs> so he bought, pulled out a beautiful one. And uh, it was it was really brilliant, absolutely brilliant. So I played it, and uh, it, it was all sorted out. But there was a man there from uh, I think he was from somewhere in I don't know another part of Europe or whatever. And he heard me play, so he got into his head. He said to the man, "I want one of those," you see. And the man said, "Well, no, we don't have another one of them." But he had it in his head that if he got one of those, he'd be able to play yeah. just like I was playing. 
which I think is very, very funny. And the chap tried to explain to him that it's, it's not as simple as that. It, it, the, the playing doesn't come from the guitar. You have to be a player, you know. But he said, you must have one of these. And he said, no, no, he, he, he's bought the last one. And uh, so I was quite pleased with that. Yeah. Uh, so that was Cadiz. And there was also an instance in Catalonia, wasn't there? No, no, that was Malaga. That gonna, was Malaga. You're going to ask me about Cadiz. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, I buy them everywhere. <laughs> That's why I've got so many of them. Um, in Cadiz, you'll like this. So I, I went to buy the same sort of guitar in, in, in the centre of Cadiz, Capital. And I started trying this out. And I noticed a few people came in the shop. And then I carried on playing. And then I looked up. And before I knew it, I got a huge audience because, I mean, you've been in Cadiz with us, you know, the narrow streets. Yeah. The, the noise goes out of the, the shop. Oh, what's going on People here? Come. People come. People really yeah, come. Yeah, 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 they hear the flamenco. Oh, there it is. Yeah. And so, and I looked up and I was just testing a guitar out, stopped. And the next thing I knew, I'd just get all this applause as if I was giving a concert. So it was just... An it, accidental you know, concert, we'll call it. Yeah. It was just crazy, you know. So, yeah. um, but I think you want to move me to another famous area no, of you, guitar you, you, building. You, you, well, yeah, you, you have a story, don't you? Yeah. Are, you go, are we going to move to Granada? Have you been there? We haven't. No. But I'm reminding you, and all the audience is my witnesses, you are going to take me to Malaga on my next vacation. Okay. You I, promised. I, I promised. Well, yeah. For shopping. For uh, the, what's it, what was it, the, the thousands of uh, museums they have in little oh, lunches yeah. and shopping there, and all there's that. There's yeah. no, no place with more museums. And we can go to the Flamenco Museum. Yeah. And you'll be able to see the original gramophone of La Nina de los Penis when she got her 78 records out, What, <laughs> how she played them and see what she thought of them. Yeah, I mean, Granada is not a place I go to a lot, but I went there a long time ago. And to set the scene, Granada is filled with... Uh, guitar makers and they're in a particular road the, the Cuesta de Gomez up to the Alhambra and there's all the all many great guitar makers not all Andalusian there's some Dutch makers all kinds of things and you see the people out. Who, who are the best makers in your opinion well the best makers are the, are the people that recognized me and said right come we, we're going to have a, a little bit of playing we're going to go in the shadow of the Alhambra and play some music mm. and they're Beido the brothers Beido uh, and they are amazing, Manuel and Jose. They make the most beautiful guitars. Uh, and I had a night playing one of their guitars in the shadow of the Alhambra, something I'll never experience again. And it was just wonderful meeting them. So you, you see now that you've got this idea that the guitar is found now in the modern era, the top guitars in Cordoba and in Granada. These are two of the big centres, and of course Madrid, mm. these are the centres. Um, we're going to talk about one other centre uh, at the end of our, our talk about a, a modern centre and a new emerging uh, centre for, for the guitar, which is called the, the root of the Bajani, which is the original root of the flamenco guitar, the sonanta. Yeah, um, and here's a nice little, uh, by the way, maybe before we move on to the next section, uh, what did you play that night and maybe we can put on a little segment? Yeah, well, obviously you, you have to play Granadina, Granadinas, yeah. don't you? Because so you, you know, so I played a, a Granadina. I think for, for Granadina, well, actually, um, I think Vicente Amigo. Yeah, he, be a good he, he, he's very good at Granadinas, yeah, yeah. Now, I have met only once your nephew one of your nephews um, and uh, no doubt you have a story 
yeah. traveling with him. Well, yes, because now we're, we're moving to, to Catalonia. Yeah, that's what I was asking previously. Yeah. My, my sister uh, has a number of restaurants in an area of Catalonia. Yeah. And she wanted a flamenco concert. So we thought, I, I once bought a guitar from from England and took it over there and the trouble with, with all what you have to pay and all the rest of it and then it just collapsed it was just of no use at all so I thought we'll have to go and get a proper flamenco guitar so we travelled myself and Oscar my nephew to Figueres and again the same thing happened I said to the man now I want a cheap flamenco guitar no not that cheap <laughs> So you have this sort of, you know, it's a, and he brought, brought out a very nice one and played it. Yeah, that's it. We haven't got much time because we've got to get a bus back, you know. And he said, oh, OK, you know. And we were typical because the man said, well, here you are. Here, here's the soft bag to put it in and everything. It's all free, all on the house. And we said, no, 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 we don't want any bag. We, we're just going to walk out. Of the, it's a nice sunny day. We're going to walk out of the shop just with the guitar just, yeah. and sit on a bench and then exactly. get, uh, start playing yeah. and then go on get on the bus and walk through all the through all the town of, of, of Ampuria just because we are flamenco people yeah. we, we just we don't bother with cases for guitars yeah. it, it was a crazy thing and uh, yeah. you know then of course my sister said, well, what, where's the case for it oh we did, oh so my my nephew said oh mum he didn't want a case he, he just wants to just walk but around but that's crazy because you're so procedural you even have a, a certain sort of string yeah. that you order every time I, it blows my mind that you walked out without a case i know i know it's a, it's just amazing to me i know it, it was it sometimes you kind of get you're in a kind of a mode where you, what? you just what? want We're to breaking be, your like, you want to be like a, a you know, one of these people that goes through the streets and just plays, you know, so, so you don't want to be having to unzip the bag and get the thing out. It's ready to go. There, there, to you're go. there. There's the guitar. Yeah. You know that kind of thing? Mm. I know it's crazy, but it is know, a bit it, crazy. It's just the way I was. You know? uh, but, and, and we touched upon the fact that um, you got a guitar with uh, the signature, amazing signature of Diego del Gastorba. Uh, where did this trend come from of having different inscriptions and different pictures drawn on guitars? I think it started with uh, Manitas. Oh yes, we talked about Manitas yeah. last time. Yeah, because I don't, I've not seen uh, a guitar with, with this sort of writing on or pictures on ever before him, and I think that he or Picasso, I think took Pablo Picasso took the decision to actually. Uh, draw something on his guitar and this set a trend so now you get all the the players you know Diego de Marau they've got the signature of Paco on the top yeah. what we call the top where the sound hole is they've got the signature of Paco on the guitar and it's become a big thing I've got to be honest with you I haven't got any signatures on mine on your guitars no, no. no I've, I've I'll, I'll tell you what I'm looking for I'm looking for uh, the signature of Tomatito so yeah. may, maybe when I go to to Almeria I'll take one of my guitars and see whether we can get a, a signature. What that do you would, think? That would be a that would be a highlight moment, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah. For I, you? Mean, I mean, another one of my guitars is it hasn't got a signature on it, but it, it it it's what my wife bought for me. It's a beautiful guitar, and you see these the same guitar is Prudencia Saints. They they play in one of the Almodovar films where uh, Penelope play Penelope Cruz plays. She actually. 
Volver. Volver, is that yeah. the word? I think it could be in Volver. Yeah. And it's where she, the voice is uh, Estrella Morenti, but she's mm. miming to it, to it, you know? Yeah, and the, the, I remember. I think it is Volver. And and there's these um, two guitarists, and they're using this other guitar that I have in it. They're a lovely guitar, really, really nice, you know? But this is another area, you know, so we, we talked about the top ones, the Reyes, and, you know, the Ramirez. There's so many now, so but many. but there is an area in in Andalusia, Algodonales, where the the current top guitar that people want comes from. Well, I'm going to include, I think, in this section a little uh, song by Diego del Gastor to honor him. So if you're on Spotify, here it comes. No, I'm going to end this thing with... I'm going to end this thing. This this is what will make you laugh. Yeah. Um, yeah. We haven't talked about strings. I I tried to touch upon it, yeah. Yeah. Now, I use these particular red strings, as you know, and I'm using one yellow string, so I have two red and one yellow. Now, what you need to know is when you go to a flamenco club, a peña, peña flamenco, they always have the nice flamenco chairs and two guitars usually left and right of the stage. You know? Now, every time you go to these places, you'll find that, oh, it's missing two strings. Oh, this is missing three strings. Who so, takes these strings? <laughs> no, they've broken and not been replaced. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So I've got this uh, you know, tip for people, and this is what I do. When I go around, I've always got on me a nice pack of plenty of spare strings because... Otherwise, you get there and say, oh, come on, play us something. And you think, yeah, this is going to be a bit difficult. We seem to be missing something here. Because yeah. the strings are always in the most terrible state. You can find them, yeah. Almost to a breaking point. Is that it? Well, I think to use the phrase, I think they've had their day or their time. <laughs> day or two. <laughs> well, this is what happens with mass guitar. You know, guitars for everyone. It's just like but. Um, but that was interesting. Um, anyway, would you say that the guitar is a hard mistress? It is. Um, it. I mean, Segovia said this that if you know you can be the best guitarist in the world, but if you don't practice for a day, you notice it. And if you end up not playing for a week or two weeks, you you can be back at square Massively. one. You have to work at it every day. Every yeah. day. Yeah. And uh, that was the question I really wanted to ask from the beginning, but I also wanted to hear the whole conversation, how we're going to talk about it. But does the guitar make the maestro or does the maestro can play any guitar? The maestro can play any guitar. I've seen Paco use uh, guitars, uh, Paco de Lucia, that he will take uh, taken off the wall in a restaurant. You know, the ones that just put up for decoration. And, and he, he plays and he can play it, yeah. Thank you very much for joining us for another episode on Flamenco Attitude. Today we talked about guitars because uh, I don't think we have actually given the instrument the time of day that it deserves. And today we really wanted to do this. So I hope you enjoyed these stories. We heard about some incredible stories uh, of Marcos buying guitars here, there and everywhere about uh, his own guitars. uh, And also how the great masters of the genre approach guitar playing and Uh, what happened to them on certain instances. Uh, Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with us, at FlamencoPod on Twitter is the way you can make it. And if you would like to write a longer message, 
culturepodcast.gmail.com is the email for you to, to try get in touch with us on. Until the next time, whether you listen to, play or learn about flamenco, remember to always follow the beat. <laughs>